to be saved. You are called to be saved. And so you may find that angels have helped you in your life before you even knew the Lord uh, because you were already an heir. God knew that you would accept him at the appointed time. And so uh, he helped you out even before you signed on the dotted line. Amen. And that's the wisdom of God. If he didn't help people uh, who needed help and were away from him, uh, we'd all be lost. And so I'm very, very thankful for God's ministry of angels to my life, even when I didn't know I needed God. Uh, amen. And so he takes care of those because uh, he can see down the road. He knows what your life will be. But if he lets the devil kill you before you get saved, they'll never know. What, <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? And so it's not unique that God would have angelic help for people before you're, you say yes to the Lord, which lets you know that it's not earned, is it? Amen. The ministry of angels is not something that is earned. But it, I, I believe that angels help you once you become knowledgeable about the things of God. Your obedience to God certainly allows angelic help more in your life than it would be without it. Of course, we know that angels still rescue people who are not being obedient to God. Uh, but I wouldn't want to live in that realm. It's most, it's much better to live a life of obedience to the Lord and then you'll know that angels are there to serve you and that they are your friends. Amen. They're they're not just always rescuing you from your foolishness but they are there as your friends. And so um, why don't we pray. Father we take authority over this interference in the name of Jesus. Satan I break your power in Jesus name. You cannot have this. I thank you Lord for helping us, ministering to us and blessing us and honoring us and we love you and we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. You have that little uh, wireless back already, the ha- um, the uh, headset one. Yeah, that's up there already. So, so we're going to turn to page 87. And we're talking about what kinds of people receive angelic service. Now, we know that angels are servants of God and they also serve those that God sends them to and those that God assigns them to. Whenever you hear of something good coming your way, something desirable, you may ask yourself, I wonder if I will receive it. I wonder if I am eligible. Perhaps you have raised those questions in connection with our study on angels. So we need to consider together who receives the services of angels. As we begin, we need to keep in the front of our minds the sovereignty of God, which means that God can help whom he wants to help. He He, he um, moves according to the counsel of his own will. That means he don't have no wife to push him around. He don't have no husband to tell him what to do. He don't have a mother, daddy, nobody like that to boss him around. He makes decisions after the counsel of his own will, um, just like we do. Uh, our will counsels us as to what we're to do. Amen. Your will says yes or no to whatever comes up in your life. And so God does the same thing. His will is what counsels him. So if he will do something, he will do it. If he won't do it, he won't do it. <laughs> so, Amen. He got all by himself. So he is, says he cannot be made to jump through a hoop even if we think we have satisfied some list of requirements so you can't be good enough to earn the ministry of angels and I think sometimes people in in our carnal mindedness we can sometimes get some kind of inflated understanding or idea about the supernatural like if we're special people uh, we get supernatural visitation you know you're a special person anyway because the Holy Spirit lives in you he about as he about as supernatural as you can get amen 
And so, and the Holy Spirit comes to believers to the whosoever wills. And so there's a whosoever quality about everything in God. So you can qualify. You know what I'm saying? Don't ever feel like, uh, you, you're not where certain other people are. You know, um, as humans, we have a tendency to overinflate one another's importance and sometimes to underestimate each other's importance. And so we have to, come on now, we have to understand that God wants us to be able to receive truth in these matters. It's some things are true and some things are not. And as you receive truth in the things of God, then that, that bolsters your faith. The more truth you receive and the more truth you have and understand, the greater your faith is. Uh, because faith is based on His Word, is strengthened by truth. And the only truth that we have is the Word of God. So as we uh, understand the things that we need to know about God, then we can begin to uh, be blessed by God in the things that we need to be blessed by. And so don't ever get, uh, you know... Uh, trying to get um, carried away because you had an experience, you know, a supernatural experience. It's it's in God's mind that we would have those experiences continually. Amen. So if we can't have them continually, uh, then we uh, uh, well, if we can have them continually, then our faith will always operate that that you're never out of the running, you're never out of the game, you're never disqualified. Qualified uh, for things, but God knows when to send angels to our assistance. Amen. And He knows when not to. Um, Tippy, he found time to tell me the thing. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. So as we begin to um, get more insight into why angels exist, what they're here for, and all of the things we need to understand about them then we will come into a very clear understanding of what God is doing with us, why we need angelic help. Uh, one of the reasons we need angelic help is because we're still living in a realm of darkness without the light of God. And so we need people who can serve between the realms of heaven and earth, who can minister to bring these two together, and so or to bring heaven down to earth. And so we we have to have agents and messengers, servants that can kind of butler, for lack of a better term, back and forth to bring heaven down here on earth. So, uh, but God is sovereign. He cannot be made to jump through a hoop even if we think we have satisfied some list of requirements. He is God and not us. His understanding is perfect. Ours is not. And we know that with his perfect understanding of our lives and needs, he is causing all things to work together for our ultimate good. Amen. So never fear disaster. Never fear it won't happen. Say, for instance, if you're, um, if you've got symptoms and you're not well or, or something, an accident happens, you will recover. You got me? You will recover your health because God wants us well. That's already stated so many times in the Bible. He never ordained sickness for us. We chose sickness when we chose to disobey him. But when we choose to obey him again, you choose health. Amen. And you choose divine health. Uh, your health isn't dependent upon how much grass you eat, you know, put through your juicer and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, how, how much you blow your colon out and all that kind of stuff. But it's determined determined by, amen, the word of God that dwells in you. And so that's what God wants. He wants his word to dwell richly in us, and he definitely wants us well. So we'll be looking at in this chapter, the author says, are some general characteristics of people or situations for whom or in which God has provided angelic intervention in the past, his history. So there is no fool 
foolproof formula for getting angelic assistance. The other question is, why would you think you need it and how would you try and demand it? Amen? Uh, how would you know if you need an angel or not? You understand what I'm saying? God determines these things. And so if I think if you can let that be God's business, just know you're not alone. Just know you're not helpless. Just know, know you're not hopeless and, and allow God to be the one who determines things, then we will have a better um, better um, relationship with God, better understanding of how he works with us. And so <clears throat> he says, even pagans, people who are not uh, servants of God, sometimes receive angelic aid. Amen. So Nebuchadnezzar, remember him? Uh, he was, uh, actually he was um, told by an angel. An angel came and wrote with a finger on the wall a message from God. And so God uses angels as messengers to get people's attention, to get his point across to them all of these things sometimes people don't even know God exists until it's revealed to them through an angel and so we have to look at that and look at different things and situations in which God used angels to help so those who know and serve God okay so these are the heirs of salvation if you know God and you serve him there there is record in the word of having received angelic help. Amen. So when you know and serve God, you're entitled to be helped by angels. Amen. So it's best to make a commitment to serve God and keep serving Him. Because until you really come into that knowledge of, of right and wrong serving God, you're kind of, uh, Therefore, pot shots for the devil. So you want to get into that place where God can assist you at all times and he assists those who assist him. So if you're in a place where you are, are yielded to God, just feel... Just feel secure in the fact that you will always have help from God. Amen. You're never alone. Don't be afraid of being obedient to God. And that's the other thing. Many times when we step out and we start to work for God, then we'll see interference coming from the enemy. Amen. And so he wants to discourage us from stepping out. Like if you do this for God, oh boy, look what's going to happen to you. And so we have to really, really understand that God, he's got your six, he's got your back, he's got whatever it is that you need him to have for you, he's got that. Uh, and angels pray, play a great role in that because God wants you to be successful in all things. He does not want his people lacking. He wouldn't be an all-powerful God if he couldn't help us in every effort of endeavor. So when we... God and we know God and we're serving God, then we are entitled to be helped by whichever means he wants to help us. Amen. And angelic help is, is one of those ways. Now, don't start demanding angels and that kind of stuff. You know, I've heard people who pray, you know, angels come and gather some. I don't talk to them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not permitted to by God. Now, if they got something for me, I'll listen <laughs> politely. You understand what I'm saying? But you can't command them around like that. They're, they're your servants, but they're under God's authority. Amen? You can't do that with your dog. If your dog decides he don't want to get up and, and go potty in the place where he's supposed to potty, guess what's going to happen? You cleaning up. Amen? And so, you know, these these things that sometimes we think, now you, who you can de- demand and command are are demon forces, fallen angels. You can definitely take authority over them, but don't spend a whole lot of time trying to get to know them. You understand what I'm saying? They're liars anyway, so they can't help you. But, you know, like people will get 
intrigued when they start trying to study about demons. They'll get all intrigued and uh, what's your name and how many of you are there and all this kind of stuff. You know, the, God says just bind and rebuke them. That's, that's as much as you need to do. Amen. You don't need to interview a devil and try and get his life story, you know, because they, they'll have you busy all, all night because they've been here forever, you know, they're eternal beings. And so they'll keep you entertained for a long time if you just want to be entertained by them. But that's not what our relationship should be. When Jesus dealt with them, he told them either to shut up, get lost, get quiet. He didn't need their input because he trusted the input of the Holy Spirit instead. So keep your ears open to God's instruction. Keep your ears open to the Holy Ghost. Let God talk to you. He can tell you everything you need to know about devils. Trust me. And uh, and you can trust God's information. So God wants to help us but we have to make sure that our relationship with angelic beings is correct, that it's proper, and it's right before God. So uh, the the scope of, of angels' help is very large when we talk about God's servants. <clears throat> Do you have knowledge of God by virtue of being related to him through his son, Jesus Christ? So if you have received Christ in your heart, he actually dwells in you by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Jesus is there by the power of the Holy Spirit living in those who believe and who trust him for salvation. So uh, uh, Dr. Sumrall, thank you very much. He says, I began the first chapter of this book by relating a story from my boyhood years and I will briefly refer to it here again I told you how a stranger once came to our door and asked to be fed my mother agreed provided the meal and then sent something unusual about him right after he left she opened the door but he was nowhere in sight Mother became aware that she may have been entertaining an angel after the manner described in Hebrews 13.2. Now the uh, Hebrews 13.2 admonishes us to don't be forgetful to entertain strangers. Amen. And that's a polite way of saying quit being selfish. Quit saying you don't have nothing. You don't have time. He says strangers, especially sometimes, are angels uh, in human form. And oftentimes they do show up in human form. Amen. So that you can know uh, that they can intermingle with people pretty freely, you know, uh, inconspicuously. Uh, many times you, you can feel angels' presence. Sometimes when we're uh, in these meetings, you can sense the presence of angels at the altar, um, you know, where uh, man of different manifestations will come. I remember when we first started the meetings, you could always, you know, we would have what we call drunk spots at the altar. Y'all remember those where you could go and stand and you could waver because angels would hold you up and you could stay drunk in the spirit almost, you know, the whole evening and they held us up during those times. Amen. And so sometimes they get out the way and you, you hit the, you hit the, you suck carpet for a minute. You know what I'm saying? But, but angels are there. Amen. To fight for us and keep demon influence out of the meetings. You you can't have a meeting. How are you gonna have a meeting down here on earth with when the devil runs everything? But you can have it when you give those meetings over to God and the power of the Holy Spirit manifests. He will have angels to assist in those things for us. So it's a very um, important thing to understand their ministry and understand what we can expect when angels are there with us. I remember uh, we would have people sometimes if we had catchers that were new. Remember new catchers everybody? And they jump around and, and uh, I don't know why it is that the new people want to go and line everybody up, you know. And, uh, you know, which you know, it, that's not a job for altar workers, you know, and so uh, Pastor Shirley, I would tell her he liked to walk everything around. So I think it was Mac, and he kept lining people. Son had to say, 
Amen. So you have to continue to do what God's called you to do no matter who criticizes you. I mean, seriously, folks, you can easily get talked out of something that's very, very important. Amen. Because you don't know how to not be a respecter of persons. And so she was able to do that and and able to uh, allow God to bless and minister. Like, for instance, we have the minister's reception. We have we have a different menu than we have for the midnight snack for the workers. Not because we like them better. It's just a different menu. There's a different function for that. Now, I, it's not better food. It's just different food. Amen. You get the same quality of food. You get it cooked well. You get it served in as much as you want. And, and this, and I'll even go, I'll tell people, people are sitting out there working. I say, you want to try some of this? You want something? Let me go get you something. It's not off limits to people, folks. Don't, we've never been like that. We're not going to be like that. But we're also not going to let you start trying to run stuff. Amen. You understand? I think ministers need to have some honor uh, above where we we uh, they get treated because many times they don't get treated well when they go to places they don't get fed. I know because I've been places where they don't feed you. You got me, right, Chuck? You got to have some crackers in your pocket. Better yet, put your whole chicken up in there, a T-bone steak or something. Some of them queens ain't gonna cook for four days. You understand what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, and I want to say, you a woman just like I am. I'll cook for you. What's your problem? Huh? <laughs> I'll put my do-rag on and, you know, my shades and get out there. You know, because it ain't right. And so we need to make sure we honor people. Plus, the ministers need a place where they can come and relax and be who they are and not have to be, you know, serving and careful around people all the time. So I appreciate doing that for them. And so that's my service uh, to my peers so that God can bless me accordingly. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I would love to show them that God is good to them and is concerned about everything. Need. So, do you long for the things of God? Do you have a hunger to know Him better? Amen. Amen. How about my little friend here? Yes. <laughs> and you got what you came for, too. And more coming. Amen. He says, he said, do you, for example, when you hear the verse, I was glad when they said to me, let's go into the house of the Lord. And you reply, yes, let's go. Amen. Or do you drag in there and look all crazy and Look like you're gonna bite somebody if they speak to you. You know the drill. So when you when you're in that former group where you wanna you're going after the things of God, you're glad to go after the things of God. The writer is saying that angels will always be there to help you. Amen. I can I can tell you your your prayers and your confession will keep angelic help close to you as well. Uh, I remember um, a prophetess in the early days of prophetic ministry. Uh, this woman said that she she would oftentimes uh, God would speak to her oftentimes through dreams, and uh, she's one of them old school prophetic people. They were seers; they saw a lot, and uh, she said that she saw God. God showed her a picture of uh, a gift wrapped up, and and he told her that was an answer to her prayer. And an angel started bringing it toward her, and then as she opened her mouth, he had to retreat and take it back. And so she kept it. She said, well, how come I can't have it, Lord? He said, because of your confession. Amen. So she was constantly saying, speaking words of doubt toward what God wanted to do for her. That's why it's good to keep your confession the same. Keep it one way all the time. And allow God to be able, because it's consistency. You know, uh, consistency is a part of faith. That's faithfulness. And so faith and faithfulness are are the the keys to receiving everything that God has for you. 
Many times we change our words based on what the devil's doing, flip-flopping things in the natural. Man, if we look at the natural too long, that you know, when you start changing your confession to reflect what's going on in your surroundings, that means that you have given your attention over to that and taken your attention off of what God's saying. And it takes discipline to live the Christian life and get good results and good success the way God wants us to. And so I believe that if we will be consistent in what we speak and don't let your mind get caught up in this frustrated knot, knot of, you know, entangled knot of it's never going to happen and look at that and look at him and look at her and, you know, all of that. But look at, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of your faith. Amen. He'll give you the words. He'll help you. He'll help you keep focused on what you're supposed to be focused on. But that is a great distraction that the devil has. He just manipulates natural circumstances in order to pull us over into the realm of doubt. And then that promise gets further and further away from us where it would be very, very near if we would allow our confession to remain consistent. Amen. Just let it be the same. And so God wants to give us all things. But it does come at a price, and that is a price the price of consistent believing. Faith is an action. You can't say, well, I just said that. No, you don't just say stuff. There's, quit just saying it then, because it don't help your situation. Amen? You know, people want to have all kind of excuses for their raggedy confession. You know, the, you know, don't shoot your witness. Let your confession be the same all the time, and that is God's word. You know, I was looking at Coco the other day. She keeps having this little inflammation in her eye, and I said, my dog is healed. I'm healed. We's healed. Us is healed. You understand what I'm saying? You have to override the natural with the word of God. You you cannot change the natural until you employ the word of God. And angels are there to assist you. An angelic atmosphere is an atmosphere that's that's uh, creative for God. It, it's there to help uh, deliver what it is that God is is preparing for you. And so, an angelic ab- atmosphere is one where God's power flows unhindered. You don't want to step into that atmosphere and start talking crazy. You understand what I'm saying? I don't care what you think you know about stuff. If somebody's speaking the word of God, let that word prevail. You know, that word's going to help the situation. I don't care what you think about what you think you know. You know, we all want to be prophets for some reason. You know, I told you. Well, you should have shut up. Because if you had shut up, maybe we'd be out of this jam by now. You understand what I'm saying? Why you want to take credit for something the devil did? We good. I told you it wasn't gonna happen. I told you they wouldn't go. I told you. That. Yeah, you should have shut up. It's called aiding and abetting the enemy. We could get arrested for that. Uh-huh. I think that'd be nice to have angels go arrest people. You know, just chain them up like it did Zacharias. Remember him? Huh? Your prayer has been answered. Uh, old man. You go have a baby. You and your old wife. <laughs> he said, I don't know. Say it ain't so, Joe. Huh? <laughs> He's like, how can this be? And the angel went, Boop. this is how it's going to be. You ain't going to talk to the baby's born. Unbelief, doubt. You know, people say, well, you know, why would he shut his mouth up? Because he was a priest. Don't you know there's more power on your words as a priest before God? Is it some jerk running around out there? So if God decides he's better off, he said, listen, we ain't going to never get this baby here if we let this brother keep talking. You know, he's anointed and I got to honor his words. His words have more power on him because he speaks from my altar. 
You know, some people get out of commission for a good reason. You know, we got to trust God in all things, folks. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He says, if you know God, you probably will serve him as well. But suppose you were to learn that, to your utter amazement and fear, the government had just passed a law saying you could no longer pray to God. Uh, amaze nothing. It's happened here already. You understand what I'm saying? Would that change your prayer habits? You might excuse yourself. <laughs> by recalling the verse that speaks of going into a closet to pray. <laughs> I'm going in my closet. I'm going to go to my prayer closet. You know you don't have one. Go in that bathroom for a few minutes and put your Bible on your lap and say, oh, okay, well, you know, prayer time is over. You might reason that if you were suddenly, if it were suddenly illegal to pray, it would be a good time for a closet prayer. But that is not true service to God, however. Look at Daniel. What was Daniel's habit? <laughs> right, pray in front of the window real loud. Three times a day. Not once, not twice, but three times. So who are you going to trust? You're going to trust God or man? Huh? Sometimes it gets down to that. Amen. Do you trust God or do you trust man? And so if, if God is your God, he's going to demand that you take a stand for him. I don't care where it is, who it's in front of. You're going to have to take a stand for him at some point. The point is, don't change your routine. Amen. Now, God may give you permission to change your routine, but don't do it as a way to dishonor God or to renounce your allegiance to God or to don't let it um, discourage your faith in God. Amen. Always keep your faith in God strong. So the complete story is told in the sixth chapter of Daniel. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house and his windows being opened at his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did before. So he did not change his routine based on what somebody else was demanding of him. Amen. Now you'll have people all throughout your walk with God. Do you have to go to church? Do you have to spend all your time? Uh-huh, because I want to get out of your ugly face. Just saying. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go pray right now. <laughs> it is true that for breaking the king's law, Daniel was thrown into the den of lions. But he met an angel there and felt right at home, as we observed earlier. You see, Daniel served God devoutly all his life. When it's inside of you to do certain things because that's your routine with God, you will continue to do them no matter who likes them or who doesn't like them. Amen? You have to take that stand and you have to be adamant about it, which means that you cannot vary. You cannot waver. If You know, I always say dance with the one that brung you to the dance. You know, and don't be switching partners up here because you found somebody cuter than the one that brought you. Uh-huh. You might be in the back seat with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde before the night is over. Don't be switching up so fast based on looks and appearances and all that kind of stuff. Well, I, you know, Pastor Barb, she never had no women's meetings, for, and I ain't going to have none. We need to go to some women's meetings. All them witches and banshees in there. Halfway preaching, call up preaching the gospel with the cleavage down to their kneecaps. And then the hem of the skirt is meeting going up the other way. 
No, I'm not doing none of that. Huh? I'm not doing none of that. I got delivered from that lifestyle huh? many years ago. In women's meetings. Let's go get in your Bible, sweetheart. It speaks to men and women the same way. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Crazy stuff. Well, you know, they tell us about makeup and, you know, how to dress. And I can do that, too. I'll take you right in the back room and tell you, take that off. That don't look good on you, but you don't want me doing that. So leave me alone. With the makeup and the dressing. If you listen, go pay somebody that knows how to do that stuff. You know, get in that mirror by yourself sometimes, just get you a pack of stuff. They sell you packs of stuff now. You know, you can get it from A to Z. You can get from the the wrinkle cream to the under you get something that wrinkle you up and then straighten you out again. Cause I didn't have some of it. Wrinkle on and wrinkle off. Huh? They got stuff that take you 15 shades darker and 10 shades lighter all in one one movement. Huh? And get your little injections in your lips and all that kind of good stuff and you could be a Kardashian in one day. Come on now. You don't need me to, but you don't need me messing around in your life with that stuff. Go get your own makeup. Next thing you be taking the offering money, wanting to buy stuff like that. No, we ain't going there. Lead you not unto temptation. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. So Daniel was met with angels, and he said. The angels really had shut the lion's mouths all night long. Not for a minute, because he couldn't go nowhere. He was in a pit where they dropped him from the top down to the bottom where the lions were. Amen. Every now and then they throw the lions some meat on days when they was going to throw people in there. I guess maybe they didn't feed them. Make sure they were extra hungry. And so Daniel was dropped into a situation like that. How many of you have had lion's den situations in your life where people called you into the office and you were afraid to go in there? You thought for sure you was going to get fired or worse. And so Daniel had that kind of experience. But what saved him was that he served God continually. He did not stop for nothing. Amen. Don't let in, nothing, don't let anything interrupt your service to God. Amen. We all get busy sometimes. We think and we all have life, you know. But don't get yourself so busy you break your routine that God gave you. Amen. Amen. There are so many similar examples in Scripture. For instance, Mary, the human mother of our Lord, received a visitation from an angel. He was announcing that she would be the mother of the Messiah. So she truly loved God. He wasn't just, you know, what Mary, you know, girlfriend clicking her gum and, I don't know about all this, you know. I don't know about all this Messiah stuff. You know, I, you know, I know I didn't read my Bible. Now I know my Bible, but yeah, he didn't go to people like that. He goes to people who are devout, people who are sincere, people who want relationship with God. You understand what I'm saying? And so she was singled out for that reason. And when she got to a point where she didn't understand, she still held on to God. See, this is this is what separates the devout from the casual. People get to places where they don't understand what God's doing all the time. But if you hold on to God, hold on to what you know, even though you don't understand what's coming and you don't understand what this is about right here, or you get to a place where your prayers aren't being answered fast enough. Hold on to God. A lot of people build up resentment because they have to wait. You got me? Um, what do you get 
besides microwave food that's really fast these days. No. Everything. You have to wait on everything. You'll see people in a line at a supermarket. I say, you go in the same parking lot I'm going to? What's your rush? Amen? And so people get this thing of self-importance on them, like they can't wait for things. And, and waiting is good. It locks you into real life, real good. Amen? You had a fruit of patience to carry you through the wait. Amen? Because patience doesn't get frustrated. When it's waiting, that's what patience is for. You got me? Because faith is right now. Faith doesn't wait, patience does. So you just need to add to your faith. Huh? We always want things to happen overnight, real quick, right now. We call that a miracle. Everything that's fast is a miracle to us. Amen? Sometimes it's a miracle you still here. Huh? All the close calls we have. Man, remember those people that led you to the Lord and you had to make a decision whether to keep them as friends or keep going on with God and you made the right decision because you're serving Him and they're not? Huh? Many of us have seen people that brought us to church quit coming. You understand what I'm saying? So thank God that you weren't in that number. Amen. That in itself is a miracle that you made the cut. Huh? Well, just keep whatever you did. Tell God, help me to do that again. So I'll keep me, you know, making the cut. I don't want to be cut out of what you're doing. Huh? People look back at us and think we slow and they still over there doing them old prayers. Uh, yeah. And I'm praying for your little mangy self. Amen. Huh? Make you want to, you want to pass the bottle of white out around and wipe their name off that prayer, but you don't do it. Mess with me. I know what I'm doing. I love you. No scoundrel. Mary was a prophetess. Her prayer is in the Bible. My soul doth magnify the Lord. How many little Catholic girls we got here? Hey! Your soul doth magnify. I always wanted to put a nice beat to it, you know. Come on, Cece. Now you leave me hanging out here like this. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Uh, see, I don't even have no rapping rhyme. Amen. But she did. Hey. <laughs> hey. But she truly loved God, you know. You, when you love God, you'll, you'll sing any beat to him. Huh? <laughs> and he enjoys it and you enjoy it. Amen. Have some fun. God selected her among all the women of the world for all time to be the mother of the baby Jesus. That willingness on her part would bring her malicious talk and embarrassment, even possibly uh, being rejected and loss of her betrothed. But Mary was devout and, and Mary saw an angel. Amen. She had enough confidence in God to know that God would convince Joseph, if if need be, he would convince Joseph. But if not, I'm still going to obey God. Amen. She didn't know what was up ahead of her, but she knew that she would obey God. And so uh, Mary then was, was able to get rescued by God because of her obedience. Amen. Now her situation was different from Zechariah. She didn't really understand. She didn't really her her questioning was not unbelief, but it was lack of knowledge. So there's a difference between when you question God through unbelief and when you question him through lack of knowledge. She had just as big a hurdle to, to climb, probably, as Zacharias, because she said, how can this happen, seeing as how I know not a man? In other words, I'm not married. I, I know... I know I'm like the Duggar girls. I know what it takes to have a baby. 
You understand what I'm saying? We ain't stupid up in here. But then we ain't promiscuous either. I didn't get that knowledge from first-hand knowledge. I got it through teaching from my parents. Mention this is the way it's supposed to come. And so she couldn't understand how that was going to happen. And when it was explained to her, she said, oh, okay, well, that's cool. Let You know, let it happen. Amen. Be it unto me according to your word. Amen. And so that's the response God wants from all of us. Not like Zechariah who was ready to spout off in unbelief. Amen. And so God had to shut his mouth, even though he was questioning like Mary was. But he was questioning in a vein and in a flow that would have stopped the thing from happening. Amen. You know, sometimes we wonder why people disappear out of our lives. Amen. And you want to run after them. In fact, some of y'all do run after them. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, that's my friend. <laughs> Pastor Barb's so mean. She don't care. But no, I ain't going to hell, baby. Let me tell you where I'm on my way to. <laughs> I ain't going to hell for you, your friend, they shoes, they daddy, nobody. Understand? Because if they ain't going to church with me, they might be on their way to hell. Most of them don't go to church anymore anyway. Tell y'all that stuff. I'm going over here to work in this ministry, and I'm 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 in this church, and that put a little picture on Facebook. The one time they go to church in seven years, and they put it up there to let everybody see they in a church somewhere. I know you don't go consistently. Understand what I'm saying? Just go on backslide. You know, when you want to go to the world again, go on. You know, Jesus is your Lord no matter where you go. He can take care of you much better than I can. I can take care of people that's here. You understand what I'm saying? Like, let God go and find the, the one lost one out of 90 and that or whatever. You ain't lost no way. You just need to come to your senses. Amen. Quit thinking so highly of yourself. Amen. So do you remember the story of Cornelius? Amen. Now he was a devout man, but he wasn't quite a believer. And so angels, he always went and he prayed and gave alms to God's people. So he was a giver to the church. And so he was being as sincere as he could in his present condition before God. Never discourage people from giving to God. You understand? No matter what they, we accept things from people all the time that, that feel like they want to just bless God's people or do something they just feel good about doing. Always be that person who can enable them because that'll mean salvation coming to their house one day. You don't know. And so we have to be open to allowing people to give what they can give, share what they can share. You understand what I'm saying? And, and do the thing that's on their heart to do uh, before God. Like Miss Donna will go around and give bread in her building, and people give her offerings. You know. And so at first, I think I think we talked about it years ago, didn't we, Miss Donna? Where you were a little reluctant to just take money from them. We told you that's their way of showing their appreciation to God. And you never know, God will lead them to salvation. So from that, he's opened more doors for her to pray for people, to minister to people. All kinds of good things have happened, you know, because we know how to allow people to impress God, so to speak, to touch God. And God can look and see their giving and honor them and bring salvation to them. Ezekiel was another minister or prophet that saw angels in the Bible. So they have always visited people who knew, loved, and served. God. So the servants of God get ministered to by angelic uh, beings. Those who need God's special help are also another group that that get angelic experience. And this one is Joshua. And he said, does it surprise you that God came to Joshua's aid? Joshua was uh, Moses' minister. Now Moses would, was dead and Joshua didn't have a leader over him. He was being trained as a leader. And what better way to be trained in warfare than to have the captain of the Lord's host come and work uh, and you work with him. 
Remember when Joshua said, are you for us or for our enemies? He said, neither one. He said, I'm in charge. Okay. So I don't know about Joshua, but that would have given me great comfort. You know, like I said, you you know, you can stop sweating now. The guy in charge, large and in charge is here. And so you can rest in that. God sent you somebody who's experienced in warfare, who knows how to make the right things happen, who knows how to go in, knows the timing, knows when to go up, when to pray, when, you know, when to just assume, which you shouldn't do. But sometimes you get a piece about certain things that you've done in the past and you continue to do them. That means that that door is still open to you. And so God wants us to be proficient in warfare too, and that's why he has as angels to assist us that way. So he says, our Heavenly Father wants to meet us at the point of our need, whatever that may be. So here in Joshua's case, it was for military planning, and that's exactly what Joshua received. Joshua's only problem was not being careful to seek the Lord at every turn, you know, because the enemy is very deceptive, and he fell for a deceptive plot of the enemy, and, and a number of men fighting men in Israel were killed because of that mistake and so he was able to correct I think humble leaders will correct their mistakes instead of just plunging headlong doing one disastrous thing after another amen so it's always good to drop back and you know punt a little bit you know take the <laughs> get the ball out of your hands because it's hot you don't know what to do with it and so you know when you do that that allows God an opportunity to help you to reprogram, regroup, and give you further instruction for your victory, because it will come if you follow and obey God. It says, Peter and the other apostles offer us another example. They found themselves in prison because they loved God and had been serving him openly by preaching the word faithfully. The Jewish religious leaders did not like that. Religious people don't like the gospel. Amen. They always want to shut it down, shut it up, you know, make you keep quiet or, you know, don't worship so loud and all this kind of stuff. Remember the old churches where people would want to lift their hand and worship a little bit? Somebody would come down and tell you to take, put your hand down or shut up or something like that. You left out of there in a hurry. Huh? Sure did. Amen. Because if God ain't, if, if God's not welcome there, you don't need to be there either. And if you're looking for God, it says no wonder Joshua was able to lead the people in a great victory. Amen. So, okay. So Peter and the apostles, they had Peter and his fellow ministers cast into prison, but they were in for a shock. And why is that? Because the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them out. But when the officers came and didn't find them in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly we found shut with all safety and the keeper standing about uh, with outside before the doors. And when we had opened them, we found no man inside. Now, some people might say, well, that was a long time ago. I don't think God works like that today to deliver his saints. But there are tons of Christians that get imprisoned, you know, unjustly, that eventually get out. Whether they get out by uh, a treaty where a, a, a leader, two world leaders will get together and say we're going to get some people out of prison that have been in there wrongly uh, because your government doesn't doesn't uh, allow for the preaching of the gospel and ours does. And so it but prison doors do open all the time. Amen. Uh, and, and some of it's angelic and some of it's it's by law. But angels are involved when they need to be involved. So he does that and he and brothers. Summerall gives the example of this uh, Indian evangelist uh, Singh. He was in jail in Tibet. Now, Brother Summerall did a lot of preaching around Tibet. He was there for many, many years. He was in jail for preaching the gospel in that far-off country 
the llama had placed him in confinement, and to make sure he wouldn't go out, the llama personally kept the key in his belt, but an angel came, and he didn't need the key. Amen? Why? Because God's got all the keys. Amen? He said, I gave you the keys. Amen? So your prayer and your authority is the key to unlock any door. That's locked against you, Amen. Especially when you're you're in service to God, you're in in the in the way of uh, doing something on your assignment for God. No door will ever be closed to you, Amen. It won't be locked shut. It will open up at your command. So he says the next day, the Lama looked for his prisoner, but he was nowhere to be found. So Sundar Singh needed to get out, and God sent an angel to accomplish it. Always believe for your deliverance, folks. Don't ever just let the devil keep you bound. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's it's emotional. It's uh, physical sickness, mental, whatever it is, or in the natural. Uh, don't put up with with imprisonment, because uh, God has called you to be free. Amen. Are you convinced that angels are aware of our needs and are fully commissioned by God as He directs to meet those needs? Many sick people have seen angels during their sickness and have regained health. At other times, people who have been preaching have seen angels in the pulpit. Angels come in times of great pressure and great need. I want to leave you with a clear understanding that God has met and can meet special needs through angels. I also feel the need at this point, however, to remind you that God, with a higher purpose in mind, does not always work as we would expect. Peter, Sundar Singh, and others have been miraculously delivered from bondage, for example. But many other godly people have not. Read all the way through Hebrews 11 to see what I mean. Consider also the many Christians who are suffering for their faith, even as you read this, in parts of the world where there is no freedom of worship. In all these situations, we need to have the attitude of the three Israelite young men who refused to worship Nebuchadnezzar's golden image and so faced the prospect of being thrown into the fiery furnace. They told Nebuchadnezzar that they knew God would deliver them. Amen. But do you know what? In case he don't, because our God's sovereign, you know, we're going into this and we know he can deliver. But in case he don't, we still ain't doing what you tell us to do. You understand? Always have the last word on God's side. You know, when you finish your conversation, finish on God's side. Amen. Put yourself, amen, in his hands and in his control. And then that way God has an opportunity to show you mercy. But if you're trying to save your life and you find yourself compromising, then you're not going to get favor from God. So always at the end of the day, you know, go before God and say, God, please forgive me compromising. Forgive my sins. Forgive me being nervous about people or whatever it is, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. And and let God help you uh, to get the slate wiped clean and and let him wipe it clean. Don't languish in in torment, mental torment, feeling bad and think that's going to help your situation. You know, the sooner you can feel good and receive that cleansing, the better off, you know, you will be. You'll be ready for the master's use again. Amen. But he said, but if not, if he doesn't get us out, be it known to you, O king, that we will not serve your God, nor worship the golden image which you have set up. And so immediately they were thrown into the, the fiery furnace. Nebuchadnezzar got so angry, they said his the um, his face changed. See, many times people will have that nice face on. And you push them the wrong way, and you'll see the real thing, you know, underneath there. You know, it it never fails. Uh, I was thinking about this when it, every time I read this scripture, I think about the numbers of people that we have had to tell not to prophesy to people in our meetings. That's the first thing they want to do. How you doing, sister? You know. And and then you stop them from trying to prophesy or pray for somebody. No, we have an altar for that, and you see that demon rise up, and uh-huh. it never fails. 
And so, and I'll tell people, I said, now, look, did you see what that person looked like? You know, the person they were trying to minister to? I'll take them aside. I said, did you see that? That was going to be in your life had I not stopped them or had not Ms. Nola stopped them from ministering to you. You want that devil on you? See, a lot of people don't believe that. But the devil comes to transfer spirits onto people so he can mess your head up. Then you can't tell if God's really spoken to you or or who just spoke to you. You understand what I'm saying? And these people, a lot of them are ignorant, but they're evil, ignorant, and bold with it. Amen? Huh? It was somebody, it was so funny, that lady jumped into another skin. I just looked at her and said, oh my goodness. Oh, Usher, Usher. Oh, we don't have any. (laughs) Miss Nola. (laughs) Anybody? (laughs) You know, I'm trying to keep my composure and I'm ready to dive on her, you know. But take your devil out of here. You know, I do you a favor by casting him out, but you keep him. You like him, keep him. Doing you no favors. Seriously. She probably paid dearly for that witchcraft devil she got. Wow. I want to get up and talk to people and tell them stuff. No, you, let me tell you, she's had her finger out. I'm a woman of God. I said, whoa. Put it down. <laughs> Drop the revolver, sis. You don't come like that being a woman of God. I'm I'm sorry to tell you. We're meek. (laughs) At the right time. But, you know, you you keep order. You keep godly order about things. It's not no free for all. And she is a pastor. Pastor's wife. Sitting up in other people's meetings. I don't know what the joy is in running around telling people stuff. But you need to be careful. Anybody that's worth anything as a prophet or a minister or anything like that are careful about their words. You don't want to lead people astray. And the first thing you need to know is if we don't have your name. You see that flyer? If your face and your name on, ain't on there, you ain't got nothing to say. And if you ain't on tonight, you ain't got nothing to say tonight. Sit down somewhere. Wait your turn. Amen. Let those who are called to the ministry wait on their ministry. It ain't your time. Yeah, that's right. Tell them all. Tell all them devils. Amen. You know, I'm so thankful God taught me to cast out devils as my first ministry. <laughs> you understand? Before I knew how to prophesy, I could cast out devils. You got to do it. To get something going that's right. You understand what I'm saying? And how to discern them. And how to, don't let them get, you know, oh, we'll just, you know, Miss Nola, don't bother with her. You know, we'll just let it go. No! We're letting it go. Nothing go. As my daddy used to say, kill every roach you see. Right. <laughs> He would be he would be playing bid whist and taking your teeth out of your head. You understand what I'm saying? Playing them cards, hitting them down. Ah, kill every roach you see. And we would be like 12, 11, and 12 year old kids wanting to learn how. Daddy, daddy, don't take all my cards. Yeah, bam, kill every roach you see. And he would just wipe up the table. You either learn to play or you got up off of that table. He was listening to you crying like that. And I don't listen to devils crying to have permission to give false words to people in our meetings. So that's out. So anyway, (laughs) so perhaps you have thought to yourself, I know God. I serve him with all my heart. From time to time, I have special needs. If so, it seems evident that you, too, fit in with the people who received angelic help during the biblical era. Just how or when or even if God may choose to send angelic assistance, I cannot say, however. I know he can. So let this be a, a, a word to you that God will use angels at his discretion to help his people. Amen. 
Stay busy for God. Stay doing things for God. Always stay in the flow that God's in, and and your life will be blessed, you know, by angels. And they do rescue you in emergencies, you know, whether it's major. I don't know if it's major or minor, but trouble is trouble. You know, if, if your day is upset and it's not going well and you need angelic help, God will give you angelic help. Amen. God has filled up our gas tank. He's done all kinds of things. You know, put the put the bus back on the on the freeway, all kinds of things, because God has angels to help those who are serving him. I never fear going to do anything for God, especially if I prayed about it and I have confidence and faith that God is sending me, never concerned about it, uh, never uh, fearful, you know, getting on Facebook, telling 50 people to pray for me because I got to do this. That's just pitiful. If you're a pastor, you on Facebook begging for prayer. Why don't you teach your people how to pray? You understand what I'm saying? Just let's get real here. Number one, it's a social medium. Now, you can go in there and grab a spot and put spiritual things on there, but I guarantee you, they like my. Uh, beans and neck bones and ribs. I get more likes off that than I get off the posts every night. Uh, which have the word in it. We all supposed to be saint this, prophet that, apostle this. Uh, don't check that. But you see everybody show up when there's a picture of some food on there. Huh? I'm not going to go where I was getting ready to go. What time is it? No, no, no. I'm just going to be a good girl today. Is it time for lunch, Miss Nola? It's time for lunch. We're going to bless the food. We'll do our quiz when we get back. Why don't we clear our tables off? Miss Nola, if we can find a couple of towels, you need to go here. Go in my room. I've got some. I got nice towels in there. I got a video of my room. I'm going to show y'all, too, what I do with it. It's a nice hotel. Got a refrigerator with a freezer with earthing in there. Yeah, just get us a couple of like a hand towel type things, and we can just clear our clean our tables off so you can put your food down on a clean table. All right, so we're gonna pray. Father, we thank you to bless our bread and our water. Thank you that we are healed because you take sickness from the midst of us. Bless this facility that they might be able to continue to offer clean, healthy hospitality to everybody who comes here. Bless my little friend that that got born again today, Father. Let her grow in you. Let her continue to seek you and to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to go out in a little bit. We'll get a table.